Hey, podcast listeners, welcome back to another episode of City Champions. My guest this week is someone that I've been waiting to have on the show for a really long time. His name is Victor Valamaki, and he was the first Edmontonian to ever fight in the UFC. Now, I reached out to Vic about two and a half years ago to talk about his fight career, but the week that we were supposed to record, he ended up collapsing down his stairs with what turned out to be a really serious medical condition that took a long time to be properly diagnosed. Now, I won't get too much into the detail here uh, in the intro because Vic himself does such a great job explaining what he's been through in the last couple of years. But I do want to say that I admire the hell out of this guy for coming out on the other side of a terrible situation with a positive outlook and his sense of humor still intact. His story is such a valuable lesson for everyone about perseverance and overcoming adversity. And one thing I unfortunately have to mention is that about three quarters of the way into this podcast, uh, some workers outside of his house started buzzing around with weed whackers. So I apologize for the background noise on the track that I wasn't able to get rid of. And last thing before we get started, uh, I just have to say that this guy is a true inspiration and it was such an honor to finally meet him in person. It's been a long time coming. So I really hope that you all enjoy my conversation with Victor Valimaki. Vic, I can't tell you how good it is to be sitting face-to-face with you, seeing you look good, you look healthy, you're smiling. Yeah, finally. We've been talking for a couple of years about, <laughs> about meeting up and it's never, never worked out yet. I think it was March March 2018 is when I first reached out and we were, we were all lined up and, and I don't know, I think that's kind of when it hit you the hardest. Both then, yeah. 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 I mean, and it's, you know, obviously you need to give someone space, but at the same time, like I know talking about things is good. Yeah. Um, so I was just sort of there in the background, but here we are two and a half years later and and you look great and, and it's awesome to be here. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's definitely a, an improvement of where I was. <laughs> Last time I was out in Beaumont, I shot an exceptionally shitty round of golf. No, so, no. so I'm hoping that this goes a little bit better. <laughs> um, so, I mean, a lot of people know... A lot of people know kind of your story from from what you've shared and, and your posts and stuff, but take us back to sort of that time frame. Like, what was like the first event? What happened? And, and kind of what was going through your head at that time? It kind of hit me out of nowhere. Um, after the fact, recently talking to my neurologist, he thinks it was sneaking up on me for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, like, in retrospect, I shouldn't have done my last few fights and I knew something was wrong but we're fighters and we want to get in there and just my sloppy no coordination all this and but I didn't think much of it and everyone thought it was you know from fighting getting yeah. hit too many times <laughs> punch drunk kind of punch drunk yeah. and even still that's the first thing everyone asked me with mm-hmm. with disease like it's from fighting because mm-hmm. I mean they can see the relationship but um, it hit me out of nowhere I uh, I was just going down the stairs and my leg shut off like someone had an off switch and I went tumbling down the stairs like mm-hmm. out of a movie did you lose <laughs> down... consciousness or you just no, lost and control fortunately being a fighter I mean we learn how to fall right it sounds silly but it's true yeah so I didn't injure myself it hurt mm-hmm. didn't think much of it I thought maybe I just slipped and then I was visiting my my mom I think it was Thanksgiving and it happened again mm-hmm. but again just like head over heels down the stairs and she was watching and she's like, okay we're going to the doctors yeah Went to the doctor and just snowballed. I went to Grey Nuns here, and they put me in for an MRI right away. And that afternoon, I was sent off to um, um, the U of A mm-hmm. hospital for. And it just snowballed from there. 
Yeah, and so like after after kind of losing the control of your legs, what went? And it's odd that it happened going downstairs both times, yeah. right? Like <laughs> like it couldn't have happened on flat ground, yeah. right? Um, what were what were some of the next things that started popping up? The next symptoms of it? Well, it was the legs shut off, and they kind of started coming back together, but then they just gradually deteriorated. Mm-hmm. But then my vision went. I went completely blind. Right. Um, I it started going blurry, yeah. and I actually a friend of mine's an optometrist, so I went and talked to him. He gave me prescription glasses actually, and they helped for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And then my eyes. Outpaced the glasses and just kept getting worse, and then just went lights out. Completely. So it was just kind of like fade to black. It just yeah, just woke up and just went completely black. Jeez. And uh, what was going oh, through your head at that time? I was well, I don't know. I was I was it was freaky. Obviously, didn't know what was going. On. My legs weren't working. Mm-hmm. Um, I went blind, and first thing I went in, and after going to the U of A, the um, the uh, diagnosed with MS originally mm-hmm. and that because what I have actually mimics MS mm-hmm. exact same thing but it's a different disease right and the so, name of it let's see if I can pronounce it neuromy- neuromyelitis optica yeah is yeah, that right yeah that's it and the, the problem with it is it's extremely rare mm-hmm. so um, MS unfortunately is a lot, a lot more common mm-hmm. but this is basically mimics MS but it's very rare and they have no idea what causes it and there's no the, the issue is there's no commonalities. Like mm-hmm. if if you got it and I got it, they're completely different. Yeah. So they there's no test for it. MS does actually tests they can do. Mm-hmm. With this, they take all these different tests and MRIs and spinal taps and all these different tests and piece them together and kind of like figure it out. And so it's basically like an elimination plan. It like basically, what basically don't you is. Have yeah, my, I just had, I think it was MRI number 17 last week. So it's a, a Monday. So it's, uh, yeah. Are you, <laughs> are you claustrophobic? Not at all. Like, I actually zonk right out. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can't happen even for, for some reason, but hit the MRI and I'm just out. You know, for some reason, I don't know what it is, but um, the no, I didn't. The hum of the drum just going on. It's, <laughs> it's not bad to me, but I remember I had one or two of my early ones. I had a freak out in there, but mm-hmm. made it through anyways. Yeah, I was reading about it, uh, the disease, and and just seeing how uncommon it really is. Like usually hits kids in childhood. If anything, sometimes people get it later. Women get it more more than men tend to get it, and it just seems like uh, like it's just crazy that. Despite all our advances in science yeah. and technology, like we still don't understand the human brain and no. and, and the human body to no, a degree. Seems that way. But it's cool, like I mean researching we find you know, you find out the brain's a miraculous thing, like when there's damage it finds a way around. So mm-hmm. you hit a roadblock, it just finds a detour and for the most part, I mean there I have lots of damage. Yeah. But the disease itself's in remission and should stay away, hopefully. Yeah. Um, I found out there, there's two types of this disease. There's one, the recurring type. Mm-hmm. It hits you and goes away and comes back. And every time it comes back, it gets worse and worse and worse Jeez. until it kills you. Mm-hmm. And then the type that they think I have, it hits you hard and mm-hmm. goes away and never comes back. Um, I'll still be on treatment mm-hmm. of some sort forever probably, but the disease itself seems to be gone. I don't have the markers for the recurring type. Yeah. Thank God. Um, so... Rolling with that, so they well, they have far surpassed everything that they've thought. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's like, your quality of life after this is your vegetable, pretty much. Right. And I was actually listed as a quadriplegic for a while. I was paralyzed from the neck down. That That's was fun. 
I can't feel everything, yeah. but I had no motor control. Couldn't feed myself. Couldn't okay, so they knew at least like it wasn't the nerves weren't severed or no. They know. they knew like I said they thought it was MS, which kind of has the same thing. What it does the myelin sheath yeah. on your nerves, the insulation um, that allows signals to flow properly gets deteriorated. Mm-hmm. So that's the same thing MS with what I have. Mm-hmm. So that was the issue, and that's the whole problem with the walking and and all this. It's Things don't go like it's. It's like hitting a light switch, but you hit the light switch and this light over here goes off. Yeah, right? it's like this kind of works. Like I know what I want to do, mm-hmm. but then it's actually getting the nerve signals to make it there. So you have to reprogram and lots of physio and all that. Do they do they attribute or do you attribute your um, sort of your improved quality of life far surpassing what they expected you? Is that is that because of it was you're lucky, or is it because you're a fighter? And I think it's the whole fighter thing. Yeah. It's the mentality. Like, I've had talks with MS groups and all this, and they're always amazed. Like, how are you? That's one thing I've always stayed positive with it. Like, I have days where I'm like, this sucks. Of course, yeah. But, I mean, over, I don't stay there. That's the biggest thing. Like, it's, you get down, and you find some way to get out of it. Because, you know, wherever the mind goes, the body will follow. Mm-hmm. If you get down, your body's going to deteriorate behind it. So, I don't know. It's it's a, just something that's been kind of bred into me from fighting. I think I just know I can't stay down. Yeah. To, yeah. Were there were there any um, were there any resources like you were using or any, like books or podcasts or listening following anyone in particular to help you or did you just have that kind of baked in your personality? Uh, for a long, long time, I was big on like Anthony Robbins yeah. and all these self-help books i think a lot of those did help yeah um i've kind of pushed those aside now and just you know took some of the positives out of them but yeah. eventually uh, you need to start doing stuff yourself. yeah <laughs> i don't know i think it's just the whole fighter mentality to be honest like yeah. it's i can't i've been asked lots of times about it and it's just i don't know it's just uh <laughs> i'm just stubborn <laughs> i just knew i didn't want to live my life the way that they said it would be yeah exactly uh, you and David Goggins have a lot in common. <laughs> you ever follow him? I've a little bit. I've seen a couple of things, but not. He's the lot. guy who's like, "Don't be a bitch. Like, stay hard, brother." Like, <laughs> he's he's the guy running like a hundred miles a day, kind of thing. Oh yeah, and, and I'm not that far. <laughs> <laughs> but the mindset of like, fuck, like what what is the current state of things? I yeah. want it to be better. I want to push yeah. more. I, I you know I want to improve. Yeah. I mean that's. So like I just see so many people in life complacent with where they are, and that's yeah. the reason I changed careers a couple times is because I looked forward in time at, yeah. at, at my superiors and yeah. just saw sort of a complacency. You don't want to be here, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, it's not the life I want. It's great for some people, yeah. by all means, but I just I think so much so much of the time people don't realize what they're capable of. Yeah, right. Thousand percent. They're yeah. not they're not pushing and and they're not. You know, they're not setting big, ambitious goals, yeah. right? And and it's all relative, right? Yeah. You know, in your case, a big, ambitious goal is like walking normally and, and still, exercising. Still working right? on it. But exactly. Yeah. But there's no point in giving up. Whereas, no. some, you know, some people might want to start a billion-dollar company. Um, but I think we're all capable of more than where we're currently at. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the mentality is everything with, with whatever you're doing. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You could be a garbage man, right? It's how you approach the day that... Mm. determines where you're going to go. And I think that's a little more so with what I went through. And um, there were, believe me, there's times when I was like, oh, okay, that's enough. After my seventh spinal tap, I was like, yeah, I'm done. Just just let me lay here and die. <laughs> I'm just done. I'm what, done. What's a spinal tap feel like? Oh, it's the worst thing ever. It's honestly the worst thing. They can't use any anesthetic. They stick a needle into your 
spine into your vertebrae mm-hmm. um, to take spinal fluid because the GZF that's the only thing they can test for yeah. is they can't do blood or anything so they have to get spinal fluid mm-hmm. and it's the worst thing they stick like it's a very large needle into imagine. your spine yeah. it's horrible horrible the second last one I had they butchered it actually and most pain in my life by far not even close and uh fuck like they hit a nerve or they, something they hit a nerve and they, they ended up aborting it because they couldn't get any fluid out at that time oh. <laughs> i got off the bed and there was a sweat print in my body on the bed no it was the most pain it took 15 20 minutes you know and then i'm like i'm done i'm never doing it again and then the last one i ever had yeah was like okay we're done i'm like what? What do you mean we're done? <laughs> what do you mean we're done? Like, we're done. I'm like, oh, where have you been this whole time? Yeah. Jeez. Did they install, like, a, a valve in your back last time? They <laughs> just, just open just, it up? Yeah. Well, I had so many IVs and, and stuff. It's ridiculous. Like, I still have... I had PTSD from, from, from those... Like, I don't mind getting needles at all. I'll get blood work, whatever. Yeah. I had uh, MRI on Monday, and... Uh, they have to get they they have to do IVs they do a contrast and mm-hmm. I, I don't know what to tell them in advance I'm like I just you know I'm a hard poke it's gonna be four or five tries minimum <laughs> and she said no it'll be fine sure not four tries I'm like Come on. <laughs> you're that, psyching them out when you tell them that <laughs> well no it's, I don't know my veins are hiding now they've been poked so many times yeah. I had thirty eight needles in one day once holy fuck and I was like no so now they see a needle come in they go and hide in yeah. <laughs> like no I'm out. <laughs> So I like had, the old days. I, I saw pictures of you in fighting shape. You're just vascular. Just, just. I was cut out of stone. <laughs> they used to love me when I went in. Like your veins are awesome, and that like now they're gone. Yeah, like they're just you know we're we're done. We're just like yeah, it's brutal. It still blows me away that they you know there's so many different degenerative conditions and diseases that come yeah. from like compromising the, the myelin sheets, right? Yeah. Like it's it's Alzheimer's, it's dementia, yeah. it's MS, it's all sorts of things. And yeah. the fact that we haven't figured out a way to, to regrow myelin or, or remyelinate neurons, right? Like yeah, I just read a, about a new study they have, um, a new trial, I guess, they're running. I can't remember what it was, Amsterdam or something, um, where they they think they might have a solution for it, where they're, re, they're reprogramming the DNA somehow. And, yeah. There's a lot more to it. Do obviously. like CRISPR or something? Do I don't know what they're Fire actually doing it. with it, but um, I have to look that back up. But they're they're going to start running trials. But apparently, it's like the best thing they have. Yeah, so far, it's like stem cells for neurons, right? Basically, yeah. I think that was kind of the gist of it. Well, I read one time that like the more like the more you like learn, actually, it like it grows yeah. like, naturally, right? Yeah. So the more you study, that's why they say like, they show that people who on average, if you attain a higher level of education, meaning you spent more time learning, studying, all that stuff, mm-hmm. you those people actually have a farther offset um, development of those neurological conditions like Alzheimer's and dementia. It actually correlates pretty, mm-hmm. or inversely correlates, I guess. Yeah. The higher level education, the less likely you are to develop that, or the later in life you develop it, I right? see that. I used to read every single day, but for some reason now, I just I tend to spend with a goldfish now. <laughs> like, start reading, I'm like, no, done. And yeah. do it. It's a momentum thing for me. Like I go through phases where I read every day for like half an hour, an yeah. hour, and then I'll go a couple months without reading. Yeah, that was me exactly. So I've been just selling off so many books now. Yeah. So I used to be huge on the self help and mm-hmm. all these books, and used to have like hundred of them, and just been selling them off now because they're kind of like, yeah, I don't need those. <laughs> so in between all the the pokes and the MRIs and the spinal taps, you know, what were what were you doing to kind of 
keep your keep your mind set up or, or just keep busy like well, there was a period, like, I was in U of A for, I spent a year total in the hospital. I was six months straight in U of A. I don't remember a lot of it, to be honest. Wow. I was just completely out of it. Yeah. And uh, at one point, they kept me in a dark room with no stimulus for a month because I was super photo and sound sensitive. Like, here, like, it's the only superpower I got of this whole, <laughs> all the testing. Yeah. My hearing. I can hear, like, a pin drop across the room. Now. Really? Yeah, it was sucked in the hospital because yeah. it was just super loud and it was super light sensitive. So they had to keep me in a dark room for mm-hmm. like a month and no anything. So that would kind of suck. They should really put uh, float tanks in, in hospitals. Yeah. To like ease back. Have you ever done one? <laughs> no, never done it. No, no. It was supposed to go up a couple times. Yeah. There, it's interesting. Like I've only done one once and I thought the whole point was that you, you, you're you supposed to clear your mind and yeah. relax. But I found because there's no sensory input, there's yeah. no distractions, yeah. your mind just races. Yeah. And like you can think really, really deeply about yeah. anything. So I'm laying there for like 10 minutes. I'm trying to meditate and just clear my mind and it's not working. I'm the same way when I sleep. I have like a, I have like a humidifier going or like a sleep machine. Yeah. And you either like a white noise. Yeah. Something there. If it's too quiet, it seems like I'm just like, what's Def- that? What's definitely- that? A little noise off in the distance. What was that? <laughs> um, and what I found was like, you could think in a, in, in, a, in under, yeah, Jesus Christ. You could think in under, in not interrupted. Holy shit! What is wrong with me? <laughs> um, uninterrupted is the word I was looking yeah. for. Um, about like any one particular thing without getting distracted. Like we have so many distractions in our daily life, whether it's your inbox or your phone or yeah. you know TV or, or radio or anything like that. So I just thought to myself, like, what do I need to think about that I've been putting off thinking about? Yeah. And I ended, I was supposed to give this this talk, and I was like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to say in this thing. So I yeah. thought for like 50 minutes straight put together this whole like speech yeah. and it was amazing how not having any distractions like yeah. I could hold that all in my mind yeah. like normally my short term mind is short term memory is garbage yeah. it's like someone tells me their name five minutes later I'm like what was that guy's name again she's just seen me for a while <laughs> I was like Dora like I just think no, seriously, you tell me your name, I do a circle turn around like hey I'm like, it was I had like severe brain damage for a while. Like honestly my memory, like I'd be like, What time is it? Yeah. A minute later. Hey, what time is it? Like it was that bad. It's good now, I'm sharp now. My I like my vision's better than Toy and Toy. My hearing's good now. Memory's fine. That's amazing how that just all comes back. Yeah. Speech sometimes when I'm tired, it gets a little bit slurry. Yeah. I couldn't talk at all for a while. Yeah. And what what have they told you to continue doing or do more of, like, as you're kind of back at home? And- just lots of physio. Yeah. I do. I have to do every day. I do some sort of physio. Back in the gym now, which is nice. They were closed there for a while. Yeah. What gym are you going to? Uh, over here, there's Anytime Fitness. Anytime over Fitness? Here. Yeah, it's... Actually, it's brand new. It's a nice gym over here. How is uh? You find the strengths coming back and the power? Nowhere near where I was when I was an athlete. But I mean, training three hours a day is still yeah. a little bit different. And um, it's not bad actually. I'm fairly strong still, but mm-hmm. can't do a lot of dynamic stuff like you know sprints and still mm-hmm. can't run. Yeah, I don't dream at all anymore. It's weird. I like go to sleep. I don't sleep a lot, but I go to sleep, wake up, don't remember anything. The no only dream. dream I have ever remember is me running, going for a jog. Wow. It's weird. I don't know why. So I'm going to do it eventually, but <laughs> it's the hardest thing for some reason. Like, I can do everything, but walking is like mm-hmm. the simple. I guess lots of people at the MS say the same thing. Like, you think it's easy, yeah, but like you said, there's robots training those. Like, 
he had to constantly think, okay, hey, foot goes here, foot yeah. goes here. And I have to reprogram my nervous system, right? So yeah. Well, think about when you're walking, like you've got anywhere from whoever the person is, 190 to 250, 300 pounds, all of that on like one little like five foot square inch pad, right? Like there's a lot of balance and, and yeah. muscles and, and stabilizers that go into that. Yeah. We take it for granted as, as, <laughs> as just, you know, a normal person who's walked their whole life. It's, yeah. it's, you know, our brains are so fantastic that we can automate those processes. Yeah. Um, and then it would be like probably trying to learn a new language at like 35, right? It's yeah. like, God, this is hard. It's, it's getting there. But I was in, like I said, I was basically paralyzed. I was paralyzed. Yeah. Um, and then I was in a wheelchair, and then I had a walker, and I just came, but I'm this close getting rid of the cane, too. I don't use it at home, but yeah. I'm not about. I was going to say, you're ripping around here pretty yeah. good. No cane. I waver a lot. I, I never fall, thank God. That's yeah. balance, but um, the whole fighting background. I have great balance, but the stability muscles are shot. They yeah. don't like to cooperate very well. Had you Were you training for a fight when this, when this hit you? Uh, yeah, I was just, I was, I was on the fence. I was going to retire, like, because my last few didn't go very well. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like, I didn't know what was going on, but I shouldn't have, looking back, my neurologist was like, no, I would sneak up on you for a while. And mm-hmm. I knew something was wrong. Um, you know, just coordination, clumsy, cardio, everything was going downhill. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I want to fight, I'm a fighter. And so I forced through and. I had no chin anymore. Like, I used to have a really hard head. My last couple, like, I hit and it just lights out, you know, like, that quick. Um, so, you know, things just, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going with that. <laughs> well, it's, I, like, that, that's something that affects so many fighters, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's, firstly, it's it's tremendously, from what I understand, tremendous, tremendously lonely sport, right? Like you're training pretty much on your own. You're going through the battles. Like when you win, like people around you celebrating, but when you lose, you know, like oh, yeah. you kind of have to bear that all yourself. And you, you might put on a, put on a, a brave face for your friends and family. Yeah, I'll get them next time, you know, but yeah. inside it's, 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 it's tough. It's, it's a very tough sport. I mean, every sport's tough in its own ways, but I think fighting is a little, a little different. You have to be a different character to, to be a fighter. Something, something loose up there. Yeah. Um, it depends. It's a little bit of both. I mean, if you have a good, good train team around you, it's, mm-hmm. it helps a lot. But um, it definitely is very solitary. You know, I mean, you lose and you don't have a wingman to blame. You know, for yeah. missing a shot, it's like I screwed up. You know, mm-hmm. I, I messed up and it's my fault. And that's why it's probably one of the most rewarding sports too. When you win, it's all on it's you. But when you lose, the it's all on you. Probably the best feeling in the world. You know, when you do, when you win something like that, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. So I did a couple. I never regret any of it. Like it's as a career decision, probably not the financial decision. Probably not the best. <laughs> I'm still paying for some of it, <laughs> but so not the best idea. But uh, I love lots. I've got to travel, hang out, meet with lots. of really cool people train with lots of really cool people got some stories i can't repeat <laughs> a lot of stories i can't repeat <laughs> <laughs> well maybe one that you can will pop up you're a, you're a bit of a trailblazer though right like you were the first guy from edmonton in the ufc yes as far yeah. as i know yeah i was yeah yeah where was your first ufc fight uh miramar in uh san, which is san diego in the military base i know every fighter says this but i won the fight <laughs> i lost a split decision um to david heath after the fight, everyone, um, Herb Dean, like the ref, I had Dana White come up. He's like, you won the fight. Um, I think it was Yamasaki that actually ref my fight. And mm-hmm. he's like, you won the fight. 
But even they were like, because it was fine. It was on American military base. Yeah. Um, fighting America, and they're like you would have had to probably kill him in the ring to <laughs> to win that. If it was a decision, you were winning. Yeah. And it was insane. It was super great fight. It was a really good fight. So, um, there was very surreal. It was the all military people, well, mm-hmm. except UFC staff. But it was like four or six thousand military there. Mm-hmm. Jets flying over the. It was in a hangar. Holy shit! Jet, literally jets flying over. Straight like, out of street fighting. Like, what is going on? <laughs> it was so cool. Yeah, it was. It was really cool. In a moment like that, did you kind of wish you were American for a little, a brief second? No, like, the no, whole patriotism, <laughs> the fucking guns. That's the... pretty cool, but just watch what's going on there right now. I'm like, no, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm very happy to be Canadian. Yeah, <laughs> um, dumpster fire right now. Yeah, well, f- fuck. If Dana White said that, like he, you know, he's kind of a no bullshit guy. So it's it's got to feel good. I mean, simultaneously bad and good that that happened. Yeah, right? yeah. I thought it won. Everyone thought it won, but I mean, it's how it goes sometimes. How many UFC fights did you did have? Two. My second one, that was all me. That was this. I messed with them. That was Sakara in yeah. Manchester. It was like twenty three thousand people there or something. It's very, it's just massive, and I. I lost that fight before I stepped in the ring. I yeah. just psyched myself right out. And wow. I was like, holy hell, this is Cara. Yeah. And, you know, the, all the people backstage with me, I'm like, oh my God, this is this is, this is is crazy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, he, I've never been used to hard in my life. It just, I remember he threw a punch. I, I slipped it, came back and boom, left hook and it's all show. Yeah, it was, it was bad. Were never you, hit that hard in my life. I so you're like, knocked out in that one? I didn't go. I was TKO'd. Yeah. I, like I was done. Mm-hmm. Like it was. I wasn't like out out, but I was miserable. Did yeah. you ever have any uh, lingering kind of side effects from from a bad fight? Like other than the typical aches and pains. I had and, a few concussions, and those yeah. are not fun. I'm walking out in a haze for a week, and is this real? What is this? Right. And you know, that's why they should. I heard there's stuff out there, the protocols for concussions now, more testing and stuff like this. Yeah. And bigger suspensions after fights. And this whole thing going with like Tim Hager right now, that there's a lawsuit going on with him right now because, but well, he passed away obviously in, mm-hmm. in the ring and the family's suing the commission now because he shouldn't have been allowed to fight. Yeah. He's a fighter like me, like he wants to fight, right? So you couldn't tell him no, but that's where the commission is supposed to step in and say no, like, you he got knocked out. He didn't tell people he got knocked out a couple of weeks before that in yeah. another fight. So he should have been automatically suspended for ninety days or something like that. So right, um, yeah. he shouldn't have been allowed to fight. And he did. And he killed him. It's such it. a tough, tough balance, right? Like yeah. on the one hand, it's two consenting adults going in there, but on the other hand, we want to protect people and we don't want anyone to to go in there not understanding the risks of it, right? But that's, that's the whole point of the commission. They're yeah. supposed to, as a fighter, you're like. Hell yeah, I'm gonna yeah. go like back in the day. I fought three times in a month, I think, and oh, shit. Yeah, I won them all, but so it, that was okay. But, um, you know, if you get a bad knockout, which I can't remember whose fight that was, I think he was knocked out pretty badly mm-hmm. and then came right back to fight the fight that killed him like three weeks later or two weeks later. Yeah, I can't remember the dates. Yeah, and that was Adam Braidwood, right? Braidwood, yeah, yeah. I know Adam very well too. And he was a podcast guest a couple years ago, great guy. He was, I know he was pretty torn up about the whole thing. He, he had a rough, rough couple of years there. 
<laughs> yeah. Just with everything going on, we talked all about it. But I mean, like to have that mental fortitude, like you do, to just keep pushing on, like no matter what kind of life is thrown at you. You have to be like that. I think I know a lot of you aren't, but yeah. I don't see other any way around it. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, a lot of people just shut down. They just, yeah. you know, they just said, you know, and have to get dragged up by other people. Yeah, I've seen it lots too. So yeah, that's. You know, I've seen that in the hospital, especially too. You know, like I've had a lot of really horrible roommates, but like really bad ones, but some really good ones. And you know, anytime I could, like, I mean, I'm not saying I'm gonna change their outlook on things, but you know, if I can give somebody a word to like help them out, I, I would, mm-hmm. right? So, and I had a couple of roommates pass away when I was in the hospital, and you know, so you can see how bad they like they weren't giving me, they gave me a year to live at one point, too. Yeah. Right, so it's, I know how scary it can be, and, you know, if I can help someone in there with that, then, you know, I, I would. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, like, it's, what, like, what do you, um, like, how do your perspectives, how does your priorities change when something like that happens? Oh, completely change. So, I mean, when you're fighting, you just want, you know, as many Facebook friends as you can, and followers and all this, and this whole thing. I was perpetually at like the Facebook limit, and yeah. I have to delete people to add people. <laughs> Call nerd. And all that, and like, you know, I thought it was a big thing, and all this, and, and then, you know, since then, like, you realize who's who's in your corner, mm-hmm. you know, so, and, and those people, you put a lot more energy into now, like, so many people when I'm fighting and winning and they're your best friend and mm-hmm. end up in the hospital you don't hear from anyone right. at all like people I consider good friends not even a word still yeah. you know and then some people like I kind of knew mm-hmm. really stepped up and so I mean you realize that I've unfriended 4,000 people on Facebook <laughs> and shit. well they're just like it's why why yeah. have them it's just dead space and um, you really figure what's important in mm-hmm. life you know and and you know I have my daughters and and this put you know this was tough on them too and yeah how the how the family handle all this um my mom was amazing like my dad passed away a few years ago but my mom was honestly I'd be dead if it wasn't for really a few good friends like really my friend Terry you know really stepped up and helped me out and Lots of people jumped off food for me in the hospital. Yeah. And uh, that was a lifesaver because if I look at hospital food ever again. <laughs> well, and you're is, probably used to eating pretty good. Right? I usually like, eat pretty good. And the thing is they had me on like high dose steroids for a long time to yeah. fight the inflammation. So my appetite was insane. Yeah. So the, all the nurses used to laugh because like two times a day I'd have like skip the dishes. <laughs> and like again. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, so I had a few good friends, you know, dropping food off and stuff like this. And and you just you realize what's important and not. Like, I don't care about all these people like me on, on social media and all this anymore. Mm-hmm. And just get back to, like, you know, your important friends and all this, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, first thing I did is, like, you know, I paid off every, all my debt, everything. Like, I'm clearing up all my taxes, doing all this stuff, you mm-hmm. know, for as soon as I was able. So... Stuff you neglect. You yeah. know, I'm in the hate of fighting. I'm like, ah, this is just part, one big party and you neglect a lot of things. Yeah, and, for sure. And now it's just you realize what's important. And, yeah. And, yeah. Well, it's, you know, there's 
life is so fleeting with relationships and people like it's I, I always think back to people I knew you know really intensely for a year or two right yeah. like you live in I lived in Calgary for two years 2012 to 2014 there's like a, well I was living in Calgary and that's it I actually do so yeah and, yeah and you're like these are you know these are my people these are my good friends and then five years passes you're like I haven't thought about that person in three years you know yeah yeah well same with me like I I so it was fine I knew everybody and I walked on the street and I knew Everyone was like, you know, a lot of people. I'm like, yeah, I think I talked to. I talked to like a handful of people now. Yeah. Like, I, there's still a few friends like I still call like years later, and we talk, you know, fairly often. And yeah, all this, but yeah, there's very few. Of the like of the people who reached out, you know, the friends, the, the people that you still have close. Like, what what would people do or, or say that that really had the biggest like positive impact on you? Um, not a whole lot, like, you know, nothing really in particular, just the support of being there was yeah. the biggest thing. Like, it, I've never been much for, like, pep talks, so yeah. hasn't been that, it's just people just knowing that they're there for the most part, like, stopping by, hanging out, bringing me a coffee, just sitting there shooting the shit and mm-hmm. taking my mind off the hospital and stuff like that, um, you know, like, I, like I said, I've never been much for pep talks, so it's not knowing anyone to like cheer me up but mm-hmm. just just knowing that people are there and friends are there was like a huge huge thing yeah i think because people get tripped up a little bit when someone's sick or, or, or you know hurt or you you almost feel like you don't want to intrude and you don't know what to do and it's awkward because you don't know what to say you don't want to make them feel worse so people kind of get in there at least i do i get in my own head sometimes yeah. about being there for someone yeah when in reality it just doesn't really matter what you do just that you're there and do something right that was it you know just knowing that i have support like i didn't i didn't need a lot i mean i couldn't get a lot in the hospital like mm-hmm. it's kind of like pretty regimented of what i can do mm-hmm. um but um you know especially when i got out like someone just Guy, me and going for a ride, you yeah. know, stuff like that. Like, get me out of the hospital, <laughs> get me out of here. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, what are what are sort of like the the simple things in life that you're enjoying now? Like being out of the hospital. Like, what's are there? Is there anything in particular that you took for granted before? Walking. Walking. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's such a simple thing. Yeah. It's it's so tough. Um, like lots. I mean, like I. I mean, COVID's really messing things up, but, um, you know, I guess it's okay to drive again now. That's one of the biggest things. Yeah. I'm, I'm very good at not moving mm-hmm. and sitting in one spot, but I don't like it very much. So <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm out of the hospital. Let's go. And then COVID hits and everything shut down. I'm like, frick. Yeah. I get to okay to drive again now and all this, but I have to go retest and do all this stuff and. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I took everything for granted. Like I, I looking back, I think I took, you know, friends for granted, simple things for granted, and I definitely don't anymore. Is it? Do you find like after going through something like this, you're you feel more compassionate for other people going through stuff, or are you almost like, like you see people complaining about shit where you're like, you have no fucking right to complain? About I think this. it's a, it's a mix. Yeah, I think depending no, on the person, I, right? it's a definitely a mix. <laughs> yeah, like I see people bitching about like stupid, stupid things. I'm just like life's too short to bitch about this and you know like that's i don't want i try not to watch the news like especially american news like yeah. it's people just so much crap going on just stand back and yeah. but at the same time if i see someone going through something i try to help if i can yeah know? so i'm very limited what i can do right now but you know if i can 
talk to someone or do anything absolutely yeah you're on facebook quite a bit posting whether it's just you know funny things that uh, came to mind and, yeah always i've always to... been bad but i think i lost my filter with this whole thing i just there's a lot of times i'll type something like no that's too much that's too much oh, <laughs> save his draft wait to wait till yeah, I'm just, i know i've been not post this one this is bad um did you like Social media is painted as such a bad thing all the time, right? It's just, yeah. it's so detrimental. But like in your case, was it was it kind of a great outreach tool? I think so, absolutely. I mean, it's a big outlet, like staying in touch with a lot of people because not very mobile. Yeah, you know, a lot of people reaching out through social media, and I could talk to people. Mm-hmm. And basically, lived on my phone when I could. Yeah, when I could see. <laughs> um, you know, absolutely. I think it's a black game dog. You don't know. You're rubbing off of me. <laughs> <laughs> my bad, man. My bad. Um, it's been a big help for me. I mean, um, you know, being able to connect with people and, and uh, like I said, I've had lots of people reach out from all over the place who are going through stuff. And like I, like I said, with what I have is very rare. Yeah. So I've had a few different groups of people reach out and be like, hey, we have this group. And mm-hmm. not much of the whole group thing, but hey, we have this group of people who have this in like Amsterdam or something, man. Right? Like, yeah. That's pretty cool. But, yeah. You know, so it's, you can connect with a lot more people with yeah. the social media. So I think it's a great thing, but. Was it ever tough, like, seeing people doing stuff that you couldn't be a part of? Like, that FOMO kind of element of it? Not really, to be honest. Like, I have no desire to do a lot of things. I was a bar star for a long time. <laughs> you and me both, man. And all this. And I'm just looking, like, no interest in this stuff anymore yeah. at all. Like, it's just none. I mean, I saw people going out and enjoying outside and I was yeah. like oh that would be nice I didn't see outside for nine months at yeah. all like, <laughs> at all <laughs> I'm like oh let me out of here so that was like seeing people being outside doing stuff that drove me a little bit nuts but yeah. I uh, I don't definitely don't miss a lot of this stuff yeah so what's uh, what's Vic going to be up to now like what what are your sort of short term medium term long term goals I don't know I'm figuring okay. that out I, I was a personal trainer for a long time yeah. and I let my my certification lapse um, and I'm thinking about redoing it mm-hmm. um, I was in the process but I'm kind of on the fence yeah um, I don't know I was starting a business just before I was sick that was actually just taking off a security company yeah that's right I remember that it was doing really really well and then just stopped like a second just done so yeah. I'm, I've been cleaning that mess up since I got sick but that's, it's done now but I don't like to go back into that yeah talking with everyone who's still in the industry says it's changed a lot mm-hmm. and like no one's in it anymore so I don't know I don't yeah. know, no idea to be honest <laughs> what about in life in general what are the things you still want to do like place you want to travel to you know things you want to see oh lots lots walk that's the big thing um i don't know if there's lots i mean i uh i uh i don't know big one for me like it sounds dumb is riding my bike again yeah that's a big one i did that no problem (laughs) it was uh it took more mental building up to him like it is gonna be either really good or really really bad and so i tuned i have a good mountain bike and i tuned it up and I was like, okay, hey, here was nothing, and then hopped up and no issues, like right up. Yeah. So that was a big, like, yeah, yeah. What that. a cool feeling. Like, just yeah, like, I'm like, sure if you can or can't. Well, like, that's I got the biggest, it's like riding a bike. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that. I, I held back on the dad joke. <laughs> so that was a big one. Um, I used to travel a fair amount. I'm going to get back to that. I'll be driving again here soon, hopefully. Yeah. Um, 
just little things like uh, nothing really in particular. It's just get back to life and back to work. And I like being busy. I like yeah, working. Me too. Right when I'm ready to do all that COVID steps in and mess it all up. <laughs> yeah, like, well, what else is new? Something else fucked this up for me. <laughs> Um, what do you like to do when you travel? Are you uh, are you a museum and art kind of guy? I'm or kind of a mix. Um, I'm gonna mix everything. I I don't travel that far. Like I have, I've traveled lots of places, but honestly, I like hiking. Like going to Canmore. I yeah. almost moved to Canmore like a couple of years ago, and I'm really outdoorsy. So mm-hmm. I'm going camping in three years now. So yeah. it's kind of depressing. <laughs> so if anyone wants to take me camping, <laughs> <laughs> we need a camping buddy for Vic. But uh, none of my friends are hardcore enough. I go with like camping gear, like tenting and hiking, hiking in and all this. All my not friends clamping. are like, no. They're, they're like, no, we don't have an RV. We're not going. <laughs> um, yeah, there's like this has been a year. It seems like a lot of people have kind of rediscovered hiking, camping, that stuff. Yeah. Like because there hasn't been much else to do. Yeah, and it's it's just too bad we're four hours away from the mountains, no matter which way you go. But yeah, two hours in Calgary is nice. A little half an hour drive in yeah. Canmore. You know, it's. Quick, so, but now it's like yeah three hours four hours minimum so goddamn nice in camera and there's just like endless things to do oh i know <laughs> well i'm super well, i was super outdoorsy i was always hiking and jogging and mm-hmm. camping and all this and again just sidetracked a little bit but getting back to it now i think you could be a you could be a comedian all <laughs> 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 well, social media i'm not a funny person but well, I just have like no filter. So yeah, just... that's perfect. That's exactly what you need. You won't do a. You can be a walking comedian. Yeah. <laughs> Practice both skills at the same time. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I was gonna ask. Like, would you ever do the MS bike? You gonna think of that? I almost did it actually before I got sick. Like, I don't need to do it. I'm mm-hmm. signed up to do it. I would You'd do raise it. Raise a shit ton of money, I think, if you did it. Well, I did a couple of MS walks. Yeah. Um, Actually, one of the first things I did when I was able to, to, to kind of walk in, I did one of them with a cane. Yeah. I did. No, I think I might walk her then. My memory of this is a little messed up. My memory is a little foggy. Yeah. You um, get a pass. Yeah. Well, it's you can just make, my... up, make up a good story. You don't, no, one, no one's going to Well, the thing is, my memory is super sharp now. Like, I don't forget anything now. Yeah. But there's huge chunks just gone. Yeah. Like, around the time I first got sick... And like, there's just, I remember when I was a kid, like three years old, I remember something really weird. And then there's a big chunk to go on. Like I have a relationship that before I got sick, I don't remember at all. Like at all, like at all. Like I look at pictures like, didn't we date? Like we dated for like six months and I have no memory of it. There's it might be a good thing. It might I, be a good thing. There's <laughs> like, definitely some I wish I didn't remember. But yeah, I mean, memory of some things just like, just so hazy it's very hard to explain but mm-hmm. um yeah it's just i don't know yeah yeah what it's do you is there personality difference in you now can you see anything that was different from back then i think i'm more positive in general but um, which is unbelievable because like again you just went through hell yeah and to come out more positive on the other side yeah i don't know i don't know it's kind of a force thing I think like it's like I said like if you if I let myself just stay down it's just you torpedo yourself pretty much so yeah um little things like not personality but my 
I have very low sense of smell now. My hearing is like insane. Mm-hmm. I can't smell very well. And my scent, my taste buds have completely flipped. I can't handle heat at all anymore. No spice? Suck. None. What? I hate it. I used to get like the hottest hot wings on earth. Like you're <laughs> drooling. I used to love them. And now it's like a little dab of something. I'm like, I can't do it. That is so... I hate it. I hate it so much. I like hot food and I can't do it anymore. That's so bizarre. Yeah. Like, like so that must be something in the brain, right? Like, it's, oh, not, yeah. it's not something in the mouth. I always wonder, like, I, I, you know, my grandma used to put Tabasco in my mouth if I said a swear word. <laughs> and then I just started to like Tabasco. So I had free reign <laughs> to say shit, damn, fuck, balls, whatever <laughs> I wanted, right? And, uh, and... So I always wondered, like, do you build up a tolerance to that thing? Or is it literally just because I have a family members who like, like even pepper, like ground pepper. They're like, what's well, too spicy? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's something switched in there. Like I, there was a lot of damage. I had severe inflammation on my brain. That was the, what did most of the damage. Mm-hmm. And so we rewired a few things, I think. Um, yeah, just no heat anymore. That's very bizarre. I know it sucks so much. <laughs> I'm building up a little bit, but nowhere near where I was. I can't do hot wings. I can't do any of that. Start anymore. pouring buckets. Like yeah, like I just fire. can't do it. Like, it just hurts. Yeah. It's, it's so weird how the brain... I've, of all the, the lingering effects of a sickness, I've never heard of that one. And that's like... what that's I know. Like... I hate it so much. <laughs> Screw the walking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Was... Give me the hot wings. I'm good. Bring them to me. Skip the dishes. Or... <laughs> it was weird because I was in the hospital. I had friends bringing me wings and I could handle it. Weed whacking or something. Yeah. That's um, it was kind of a wave. It was like when I was in the hospital, I could, no people would bring me like the hottest stuff. I was fine. Yeah. And then it would just, boom, went downhill. And okay. The brain's such a weird, weird thing. They still don't understand. You must know so much more about science and medicine now than you did before oh this. yeah i know i know a lot about it like i sit there and talk about not like a lot of things but mm-hmm. it's like ms and all this i know so much about this stuff and medications yeah and more than you ever want to know i'm sure too much i'm the i'm getting down on them now i think i'm down to like 13 of them just 13 <laughs> five times a day you know oh, so holy. i bubble vax made so they all have their purpose, though. Yeah. But they're taking me off the harsh ones. I was on, like, high-dose prednisone for a long time. Yeah. Which is, like, a steroid and all of these. And that's why I couldn't stop eating yeah. either. But slowly, the, the the plan is to eventually get me off everything. Mm-hmm. But that's a long process. Right. So. Yeah, because an article I read said, like, you'd be on medication for the rest of your life. But then I saw you post, you're, like, slowly cutting them all down. and. You well, know, it's kind of a... Like, Played as you go type thing. Yeah. Um, but they, like when I was in the hospital, I said to be released one time, I was on high dose prednisone, and mm-hmm. one of the doctors just stopped me on the prednisone, like cold turkey, and I ended up relapsing, spent an extra month in there. Like, shit, okay, we need that one. And, well, no, the thing is, like, my current neurology is like, what the hell? He goes, with that drug, you have to slowly, slowly taper off over months, mm-hmm. right? So they gradually. They put me back up and then gradually, like, over the next couple of months, took me off. I'm off it now, but things like that, like, doctors make a big difference. My yeah. neurologist now is awesome, but, like, up to him, I had three or four different diagnoses, like MS. Um, I can't remember the other ones. MS. Anyway, I can't remember. Yeah. But I had a couple of different diagnoses before they picked this one because it's rare, but my, my current neurologist is 
awesome. Yeah. It's good. It's, it blows me away that people, that there's such a disparity in the quality of doctors, right? Like, you'd think they'd all be at least great, and then some are just like the best. Well, yeah, my understanding is it's pretty common knowledge you don't just stop prednisone. That's kind of what I figured out, but there's a big difference. You know, I, I say all the time, like, I'm great. <laughs> Say all the time, like, we are so lucky to live in Canada. Yeah. I, I, I want to ask I, you, how much would this have cost you? Your whole I, I don't know. I, That'd be a fun know, calculation. I think I'm 17 MRIs now. God knows how much those are. Yeah. Um, of course, great timing for this guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I've had like, seven spinal taps, 17 MRIs, I've had brain biopsy, two lung biopsies, CG scans, x-rays, Yeah. all these specialists, like, I wouldn't need hundreds of thousands probably. Yeah, oh, I'd say millions. Like, sure, I'd like. say, and I'd be dead in the streets, because yeah. even if I had healthcare, they would drop me. Right. I'd be like, it's pre-existing or something. And Fuck, man. Talk about so, making me grateful to be Canadian. So lucky we live here. Yeah, for just so many goddamn reasons. Well, you know, they're talking about privatizing and all this. I'm like, don't yeah. touch it. Don't touch any of this. Yeah. Well, are they talking about privatizing or doing like a private-public blend? Both. And I just don't think it's... I think Kenny in those days is just idiots. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people who are, who are upset about some of the things that he's been doing. Yeah. And the last year, I've, I've been trying to get more up up to speed on politics and policies and but it's just so mind-numbing like the more you I learn, just stay out of it yeah. for the most part I just sit back and if there's something important to me maybe but just there's so much bickering back and forth yeah. politics is now there's so much shadiness too right like one person accuses the other person of, of this and then you look into it and it's like well that's not really what they were doing and then the other person fires back it's just so it's so toxic it's yeah. so polarizing right yeah like has there ever been a politician that's come through and been like, hey, you know what? They, they've done a lot of great things. Like, there's a few things that I think we can do better. But overall, like, they're a great second choice. <laughs> you know, like, it'd be so interesting to see if someone came through and tried to run, like, a positive campaign. Yeah. And didn't. I think it's probably just so easy to fall into the fall into the trappings of, like, well, let's call them out on any little thing they do, right? You have to be a certain type of guy to be a politician, I think. That's why... Yeah. the people who what do they say the people who who should lead don't want to and the people yeah. who want to lead shouldn't right yeah. that's yeah. kind of always how it goes um yeah did you see the uh the throne speech yesterday I didn't watch it no, no. so I'll probably end up watching it too but it's been yeah most of the part I think most of the parties said they weren't going to support uh or they were not supportive of it they'd vote non-confidence yeah. so it could be coming to another election yeah already it feels like it hasn't been that long since no. trudeau took over yeah he's just a massive idiot <laughs> well thing is i bodyguarded him twice did you really yeah i got pictures i'll show you i uh before his prime minister he was just like uh, just uh uh he was in politics, obviously. Yeah. I remember where he was. But he was a teacher way back in the day because he was. No, in he was. Vancouver. He was in politics at this point, but it was okay. when he was. I think it was just before he did. Anyway, twice he was here for a couple things. I yeah. to got him in. That's wild. If only I knew. How how was he? He was fine. He was fine in person, but if I knew the disaster he turned into, I would have not done my job very well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hindsight, of, right? Nothing happened. I mean, you probably didn't even need me. It was just yeah, whatever. But um, 
I mean, we're Canadian. It's, we don't do a lot. <laughs> well, I have a my friend has a crazy story. So he used Trudeau used to be a teacher back in yeah. Vancouver at West Point Gray Academy, and my buddy went there in grade like three to six or yeah. something like that, and was taught by Trudeau for a couple of years. Yeah. He said a year into him being prime minister, my friend goes into a bar in um, Gastown, yeah. in Vancouver. Yeah. He's like on a date with a girl. He's sitting there. He looks next to him, and it's Trudeau sitting there by himself at the bar. <laughs> And it gets crazy. Like, he looked around. Like, there's no Secret Service. There's no guys in suits. He's like, maybe they're undercover. He's literally just sitting there, like, having a beer at the bar. Weird. And it gets weirder. He goes, hi, Mr. President. And Trudeau turns. He goes, Adam, how are you? And he remembered his name from, like, 18 years ago or 19 years ago. Like, out of the blue. And it's like, that's why that guy is the prime minister. is Because his... Like, that's a politician's skill, right? Yeah. The ability to remember people. Like, it's just like, he said they talked for five minutes. Yeah. And he was just like, what are you, what are you doing? He's like, Adam, what are you doing these days? And Adam should have, a buddy said, he, Adam should have gone back to him and like, so what have you been up to? <laughs> Where have you been since you left the school? And then he turns back to his girl that he's on the date with and she's like pissed off at him. Yeah. He's like, but it's the prime minister. Like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta talk to him. Yeah. You gotta talk to him. Whether you like him or not, you gotta talk to him. Uh, that's sweet, though. So you have pictures of that? Yeah. Yeah, you should send them to me. I'll, yeah, use, well, it. I'll use it. I think I'll have one or two with him. But I'll, uh, he was nice enough. I mean, he was he'd be fine, but if we would have known. Yeah. We'd have <laughs> let a couple guys who. Well, my buddy Rory boxed him. Mm-hmm. Here, here and down, like it was for a charity thing. He boxed him, beat him up. Pretty good, yeah. It was on the news here. Rearranged that pretty face. No, I mean he took he took he's a good boxer. Too. Oh, is he really? Yeah, and he yeah, uh, just played with him. Yeah, so he's part of it too. It was on the news here too. It's probably online. That's wild. Yeah, I don't remember that. What year was that? Do you remember? Oh God, my time perception. <laughs> it was. I can find it. It was good. a while back. It was yeah. It was it was before his prime minister. I think. How long did you do the bodyguarding for? Like was that um, a regular I, gig? No, I just no, not really. No, yeah. I just I had friends and. One of my ex friends was part with the Liberal Party, mm-hmm. so she asked me, and I did some on and off. I did some like different different artists and stuff like this back in the day. But, yeah. What was the screening process like? Like, did you have to go through? No, no, nothing. No, no. Fuck, we're so lax in Canada. Yeah, it's not like Can you States. imagine, like, in like I just, I Donald just, Trump? I just knew people. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. That's yeah. it's an endearing quality about us Canadians. We're yeah. just affable. We're pretty chill. Yeah. Pretty relaxed. Except when it comes to the oil and gas industry, then people get up in arms a little bit. Um, well, Vic, this has been awesome, man. I really appreciate it. Um, and I know you know a lot of people are going to listen to this one, and and you know you've had a positive impact on a lot of people based on what you've gone through. Um, so thanks for your you know thanks for your positive outlook, dude. It's 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 remarkable, um, you know, to see you come through on the other side, smiling and. And happy and and still you know eager to kick ass yeah yeah more so than ever yeah once you go through something like this it's, you don't want to stay there so i'm super motivated yeah well it's good to hear and excited to see what uh what comes for you in the future or yeah. what you make happen i should say yeah. <laughs> appreciate it all right brother be well thanks Thank you to everyone for checking out this episode and a huge and very warm thank you to Vic for taking the time to share his incredible story. Uh, guys, if you like this episode or if you just like this podcast in general, 
please feel free to share it with as many people as you can. I'll have all the links on my Facebook for whichever platform you choose to consume your podcasts on, so there's really no excuses. Anyway, thanks again, guys, and I'll see you next time.